Welcome to the Homefront Podcast. I am your host, Tori McQueen. I'm a realtor, an entrepreneur, a mom of four, and a bold dreamer, always on a mission to turn nothing into something. Have you ever wondered how all these other entrepreneurs do it all? Can they actually have a successful and thriving business while also having a happy home life? Here, we dig into the real stories from entrepreneurs on how to run a biz and a home life, how to scale and grow, and how to manage parenting and relationships without sacrificing your home life or happiness. After all, isn't that what matters most? Let's get to it. Hey, hey, friends. Welcome to the Homefront Podcast. Today is a super special episode. We have our first philanthropist on the show. Her name is Benetta Gohm. She was born and raised in Senegal and came to America in 1994 to pursue her dream and to give her children the opportunity she never had as a child. And now she's a founder of Family Bridge Foundation. She's an author. And she has a vision to see a world where women and children can reach their full potential and live better lives. Her philanthropic life started back in Senegal when she was eight years old. Her organization is paying tuitions for orphans and handicapped children to attend schools and to get an education like every other child. She is also helping widows and single mothers open small businesses to support their children as well. So... Without further ado, welcome, Benetta Go. Hey, Benita, thank you so much for being on the show. I was so excited to start diving into some hot questions with you. Thank you, Tori. I'm excited to be here with you. Thank you so much for the invitation. Yes, awesome. So before we get started into some of the really good questions, let's Talk about you, your story, where your entrepreneurship journey began, and how you got to here. I know that's really loaded, but go ahead and start with your story. Thank you so much, Story. So happy to be here to share my story, my experience as a parent. I am from Senegal, West Africa. And uh, I started my business in Senegal because I wanted to help women and children. So, and okay. I was working as, you know, an employee in a, in a company, in an electrical company. And uh, it was not enough. My salary was not enough to help people. So I started to sell chicken, like to have a farm. Okay. Yes. And that's how <laughs> I made money, helping women and children in my country. And I was asking for more. I was always praying for more. That's okay. when I got my visa. The day I got my visa, I said, God, I'm I was hoping for you to give me money so I can help women and children. And now you gave me a visa, right? Yeah. I didn't understand the value of that paper, of that stamp, because helping people is not just about giving them money, but also the mental, right? right? Helping people to change their mentality. That's what God gave me. That's how I got into America. And I'm blessed to be here. Oh, that's amazing. Okay. When was that? That was in 1994. Okay. Yeah. So did you have children before you got your visa? I or had what one. Or what did you want to help women and children? I grew up, um, I lost my dad when I was four. Okay. And I grew up with my mother, a very strong woman, you know, who went through a lot because she never went to school, never had a job. And it was tough when my father passed. So instead of being in her life, she was always trying to help the poor kids in my neighborhood. Oh. And I was, yeah, I was there to help her. So 
through helping her, I was eight years, eight, nine years old. Through doing that, I, I, I was so passionate about helping people. Ah. I was, yeah. I, so I she did, really instilled that in you then? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And that's how I got into philanthropy until today. Okay. So back then you got your visa. Was your mom still around when you got your visa or was yeah. she like, I'm coming with you or did yes. she come or no? <laughs> no, she didn't come with me. I had my son at that moment. He was okay. eight years old, nine years old. I, okay. I couldn't bring him too because it's very hard to get a visa in, uh, in, in my country. Okay. So I was able, yeah, I was able to get, to get my visa because my husband was in Los Angeles at that moment. Oh. So I got the visa and I came to visit my husband. Okay. Wow. Yes. So what's your process there? Right? So much process. <laughs> I, I, well, and I think that us here in America, I mean, I was born and raised here. So mm -hmm. I think we just take for granted the opportunity that we have here versus other countries, right? Yes. And we forget that people literally leave their children behind in other countries to pursue a better life for themselves and for their entire families and for even a greater purpose. Like, for you, like helping all women and children, it sounds like. So exactly. walk me through that yeah. because I'm still, I'm still kind of not shocked, but like my breath is taken away, right? Because this is so, such a different story, but I think it's very important for other people to hear. Yeah. So walk me yes. through that. You get a visa, you know, and you're like, oh, I got a visa and I win. But like, how did that really work? You, okay, so you okay. have your, your husband over here. And then how, how did all of that work? How old were you? How old was your son? And then how, what did you do to what you got here? Okay. So I was, I was helping women and children. My husband was here. I didn't see my husband for like 10 years when I got my visa. So wow. and I wanted to come here. I wanted to come with my son, but it was so hard to get a visa. I finally got one visa, which was for myself. So I had to leave my son with my mother. Like when they said it take a village to raise a child, that's what happened in my country. The whole neighborhood raised my child. I left. Oh, wow. And I was broken because I was so connected with my son. So I left and I came to see my husband. The visa is very hard. Like I agree with what you said. American people take this country for granted. But believe me, you guys are blessed to be here with your family. People go through so much to be here for a better life. So we have to be grateful for this country and what, what it offers to us. So then I came and I was 30 when I came. That was in 1994. I am born in 1964. I'm 58 years old now. So I was 30 years old okay. and I came brand new in this country, just me and my husband not speaking the language very well. I went to college, but in my country we do uh, when you go to college, at least you're going to speak three languages. I pick English is mandatory. And you have to pick a third one. I pick Spanish without even knowing that I'm going to be in Los Angeles one day. So I thank God I got that. And that's how <laughs> I got here. And I supposed to go back, but then I started to realize what God gave me, the gift I got for that visa so I can change myself, my mentality about development, how to develop a country, how to help people develop themselves. That's what I got from that visa. And instead of looking for money, I was looking for 
uh, awareness. Awareness. Yeah. Yeah. All and right. my son was nine years old. At so, that wow. Okay. Nine years old. I have a nine-year-old. So I can only yeah. imagine how tough that would be to take such an opportunity Leave. and run with it as best as you can without looking behind, right? And and doing it, like your why has to be so strong yes. to be able to do that. Okay, so now that you're in America, where did you get started to first help women and children? I started because uh, when I came here, my husband had a business. So I was going uh, to the store and I was getting money right away. I just came within a few weeks. I was just going. I, I became pregnant. I was most of the time at home. But with the money I was getting from my husband, I was sending it for my sister because my sister is there and we were doing the job together. So I start, I continued to send money because we didn't want to stop. The chicken was there. My sister continued to do the business, the farming business and all those kind of stuff just to make money. And I was also sending money to my sister to help more people. So it was not like I came and I got stuck and I, you know, started from uh, beginning from scratch. My husband was already here, was established, you know, in his business. And I just come and blend it with that and started making money. Yeah. Oh, good. Oh, good. So you already had something in place. Yes. Okay. So explain to me, you have your one child. So you, you mentioned a couple things about working with mothers and children. So how are you helping women to navigate or, or families navigate raising a family and working hard and running a business? Yeah, that's not easy. It's not really easy, especially for an immigrant mom. Um, because when I came here, I didn't have an audience. I didn't know anybody here. But I was connected with women and children in my country, with families, with moms, with widows also. A woman who lost yeah. their husband, like my mother, because I understood what they're going through. So, and when I came here and started to learn from you guys, from American people, I started to change the way I'm, I was helping them. So, because everything almost is start from the mindset, what you believe. So instead yes. of sending money and giving them money like I was doing in my country, I started to talk. That's how I create my podcast in my country. That's how I create, you know, uh, these shows like talk shows being invited over there by other people to share what I'm learning from here. So people can start thinking that they can do it. They don't need a lot of financial help. They can use their mind. Because when you have children sometimes and you don't have the help you need, you have to come up with some type of thinking, some type of belief that can ease the situation. It's not always about money, but about how you process what's going on. And that's what I was trying to incorporate in my helping. Because that's so, what helped me. When I came here, can you imagine leaving your child and being here separated with your child who you were so connected to? That was so hard. I couldn't work. I couldn't do anything. It was so tough. But by changing my belief, it started to, to change the way I was feeling. And how did, I'm sure that didn't happen overnight. Mm -mm. So how did, how no. did you, how did you work through that? Or what got you to, to change your mindset? Yes. What got me to change my mindset is uh, after I got the baby, I came and I got pregnant uh, with my daughter. So... 
after I got the baby, I'm like, I have to go home. I was here just for vacation to see my husband. Now I have my daughter. I have to go back home. So I started to pack my luggage. Before, a week before buying my ticket, I saw the Oprah Winfrey show. Never saw that show before in the first oh, wow. year that I came to United States, to the United States. So I, I saw the show and it was like my aha moment. She yes. was talking about helping women, helping children, about, you know, life, about philanthropism, all those kind of stuff that was new to me. And I was like, this is like a message from God. I had to listen to this woman. Within one week, I made up my mind that I'm not going back home. I'm staying here to learn. I need to have this. I was so excited. At the same time, so sad because now I have my baby here. I have my son and my mom there. I want to stay here and learn and give my children also the opportunity. Right. It was a very hard decision. Uh, but I can't, yeah. yeah. Very yeah. hard. But at the end of the week, I decided to stay in America. So how am I going to see my son again? That was the question. So and what's the answer? Yes. So what I decided to say. I'm already ready to jump to the end of the story. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wait, okay, so what happened next? I mean, you have your baby, you're in town. Uh, Oprah calls you, a message from God, okay? Yeah. You're going to keep your 9, 10-year-old now probably at home yeah. mm -hmm. to continue this path. So where did you go from there? And in the meantime, are you, are you getting a message back home to other women yet and children yet? Or are you still in the learning process? Yeah, I, I, I kept doing what I was doing. I never stopped. So I kept sending money. Okay. I was talking to my son every single day on the phone for one hour. So that oh, was wow. my therapy. Yeah. Calling was the therapy. And I was just calling and talking, crying, you know, all the time. I couldn't stop crying because I was like, this is very challenging. Yeah. I want to change the situation of women and children in my country. I have to sacrifice my family to do that. Wow. So, yes. Ugh. But I, I did it. I stay. I continue to learn from Oprah, from Odogus, you know, about self-development. I wanted to change myself first. That was the excitement. So I found myself that I, I, I understood that this is what I need. This is all that was missing in my life. What was missing is how can I change myself, understand the situation, and knowing that I have a calling. This is my purpose. Probably that's why I came to the United States of America, you know, so I can see something to develop myself and to use that and help other women. So I had to change myself first. And I realized that helping women is not about giving them money. I'm not giving them a service if I continue to do that. So I had to stop and create groups. And we were talking about the mentality. We were talking about how we can change the situation. That's what got me excited. And I didn't suffer from leaving my son and my mom. The excitement was, now I found my calling. Now I am in a country of opportunity and I have to take advantage of that. That was the excitement that canceled out the suffering. That's how it continued to go. And I didn't see my son for another eight years. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So that yeah. is a huge, huge sacrifice. Yes. Yes. A huge sacrifice. Yet after eight years, thank God, I was praying. I was doing whatever it takes. To get my paperwork in the United States, to be a citizen of the United States. And I was working on that. Thank God, eight years later, I got my 
I think my work permit and my green card. And that's how I apply for my son to come to the United States of America. And eight years old, at that moment, he was 17. So from nine to 17, I didn't see him. But think about that. Then you gave him the opportunity at 17 to continue his entire life in America. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was one of the dreams, to bring my son here. Because he was going to school. He's very smart. So he came in, he was 17, and that's how he started his life here. And he was very excited. It was very tough not to see me for eight years. There was a disconnection, but, you know, we worked on it. We worked on it, both of us. And thank God, thank God, I was able to bring him. Yeah, that's, that was a blessing. And what about your mom? She's there. She doesn't want to come. My sister came because uh, my family, yeah, my sister came, my brothers came. Almost everyone came to visit except her. My mom is the type of woman who um, she'll walk every single day for one mile just to say hi to the neighbors and families around. So you you cannot bring her here. She won't. She won't like it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's her family. Yeah, that's her life. So how are you? So how are you helping women and children now? Okay. So what I did was I created a foundation. That's the first thing that I learned. I never knew that there was such a thing as a foundation <laughs> in my country. I was helping. I was like, wow, I have a foundation. And I even didn't know that I have a foundation in Senegal. Yes. So I came and I created a foundation and I was working to help them create business because they have to support their family. And what I wanted was not for them to always ask for money. So. I was giving them like $100 here, $200 there, one family at the time because I didn't know how to get grants and all those kind of stuff. So I was self-funding my foundation. Yes. And a few okay. years later, not yeah, not long ago, I created another group, another foundation, and I took all the people who live in the same town who are outside, most of them in America. I, I, I connected all of them and we create a group so we can... Help them um, here in the United in States. Scale. You created a, a community of people from the yeah. same small town. Yes, from back yes. home in the United States. Yeah, in Europe, in uh, Asia, everybody that is from that town. I created a group and added them, and we were calling each of them, and added all of them. And now we are we are helping so many people over there. So wonderful. Is your goal and mission to help women and children? break free from the town and, and be able to help their families more or to build the town to, to create better opportunities so that they can stay there with more opportunities. Yes. Is that the overall yes. mission? Yes. So they don't have to leave. They don't have to depend on other people, you know, but working together because if we want to make our society better, we have to make the families better. Because that's what I learned from helping families. If they are better, the neighborhood is better, the community is better, and the society is better. So that's the role of parenting. That's why it's so tough to be a parent. Because the way you raise your child will have an impact in the community. So, and that's what we do. We just help people so the community will be better for all of us. Not just for women or for children, but for all of us. What would you say the biggest struggle that 
families face when dealing with working and providing while also having to raise a family? Yeah. The biggest challenge was to make money, to provide for the family, especially if there is no man in the house. We have so many men like who left their wife, some died, you know, and um, women are struggling. They're struggling to raise their children. It's very hard to raise a child at the same time to be the provider. And that's the challenge. Yes. So we are, yeah, we are making it easy for them instead of going to look for a job to have a salary. So you're going to be outside of your house for the whole day. We help them create business so they can be at the same time controlling what's going on also in their house while they're working. Yes. And I think that's a worldwide struggle, right? Um, women yeah. being yes. able yeah. to provide for their family, but also, I mean, even single women here in America and even single men and single dads mm -hmm. too, but just a single parent mm -hmm. in general and having to raise your kids mm -hmm. is a struggle, mm -hmm. not to mention a struggle in another country mm -hmm. that doesn't provide the opportunities. So how are you, so you're doing what we do here a lot for women now, and it's kind of becoming this huge thing now that with the internet and social media, I think more and more women are, are choosing this path of, you know what, I can be at home with my children and build a business to, you know, provide. So a lot of people here in America are figuring out and all over the world. Now, what kind of businesses are you helping women in your back home do? And how is that looking now? Yes, a lot of people over there, they sell, they have store to sell food, for example. Because okay. at the same time, they will, they will sell, make money, and at the same time, they will feed their children. So there is no more struggle to feed their children, to go to work and to buy food. Most of them, they have that business. Most of them work in the farming industry, which we want them to do, because at least, you know, we, we can fight malnutrition, anemia. We have so many um, trees, like Moringa trees, all over the place in my country. And we know that with that tree, with the herb of Moringa, you can fight malnutrition, anemia. So we try to talk to people about incorporating those um, products into their diet. But most of them are in that uh, business. Some of them, you know, are in the beauty business. But they can do all of that inside their house. They don't have to leave the house. So at the same time, they will help their children and they can control what's going on in their house. Yeah, the, the, the thing is with the internet, we don't have that much in my country, the internet. So we cannot communicate with them like the way we're doing it here. But we just make phone calls. We just sometimes make a Zoom meeting and they go to a place where we have the internet and they, um, they just join the meeting and ask their questions. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. It's still so challenging. Yeah. Yeah. So they don't have internet like we do. So they have to travel to be able to hear the meetings and then go back home and implement what they do. Now, how often are they able to travel to be able to get to these meetings? Yes. Sometimes it's just a walking distance. Yeah. It's just walking distance. Yeah. Around the neighborhood, something not far. Yeah. It's just going to take them probably five minutes to walk to our, um, we have a, a center over there. So some of them can walk in there and, you know, or go to a neighbor's house because that neighbor has uh, internet, something like that, something very simple. 
sometimes also we just do like phone calls. We just call. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now back to you and kind of your story. So now you have this baby. It's before your son gets here. You're kind of starting out. And how are you initially reaching these people? Because obviously you've, you've, got, you've gathered a lot of the people and joined them in a group now to help with the mission. What was your first thing to do? Was it create Zoom meetings to help them get in? Or how were you communicating with the mothers back home? We have team. We created a team back home. So we have, um, we have two teams. We did outside in the diaspora, which is us. And we created another team in the same town that we all came from. So that team is the people we are communicating with and they just gonna go and uh, spread the, what we want them to know. So we organize sometimes um, like meetings, physical meetings, where we, we do a Zoom meeting because all of the people that represent us in the town, they can do Zoom meeting. They have phones, they have internet. Right. So we communicate with those people. We make meetings, Zoom meeting. We tell them about the objective of this group. We talk to them about the dream, about what we want to do. And they are the ones who are going to go and create those branches inside, creating small groups and talking to people so they can come and join. So we are people over there who represent our organization. Oh, good. Okay. That's, wow. That, I'm sure that's making a huge impact community okay so mm -hmm. now you you mentioned something so what would you say you have learned from parents here in america and what we do differently or what what our priorities are here and then versus how you you create that back home also mm -hmm. yes I learned so much because as a parent coming from my country, it's a, it's, here in America, it's individualized society, if I can call it that way. In my country, it's a social um, society. People are helping each other. We have challenges over there. Parents in my country, most of them sometimes stay home just to raise their child. Most of them, have, uh, they have a whole team. Even the police is in the, in the parents' team. So... Education, educating your child is a big thing, right? Your neighbors, like my son, my firstborn son, he is raised by so many people in the neighborhood, uncles, aunties, cousins. Everybody is part of the child's, you know, um, education. So then you come from there to here in a country where you don't even know your neighbor. It's very challenging. And you have to raise your children and you have to work. But what I learned from uh, American people is the value sometimes they give to their children. They listen to their children. They are with their children. Some of them, not all of them. So I try to take what's positive here and blend it with what's positive there and raise my children and see what are my priorities. Because the way we raise our children sometimes or the way we are involved in, uh, you know, raising our children depend on our priorities. What is my priority as a parent? It's very important if you ask that question. So I have a business. My priority is not my business. I know I can make money from it and provide, but 
as me being a talk, talking to you, my priority are, my priority is my children. How to raise my children to be, you know, good citizens in this society. So some parents is how can I bring money? They don't have time. They have to go and look for money. The situation is always different, always different. But I learned so much from American parents. I am very close to my children. I learned that from American parents because in my country, even though we stay home, but sometimes the kids are not home. We stay home to take care of the house. So the kids can come home and eat, clean up the house, do whatever it takes, you know, for the house to be very comfortable for the children. Here, sometimes parents don't have time. They have to work. It's a capitalized country. You have to pay for your mortgage. You have to pay for your bills, for the car, all those kind of stuff. In my country, you own, most of us, 90%, we, we own the house. We don't pay for anything. So there is a huge difference. Wow. Okay. So you don't need as much money back home then as you need to live here? Yes. Yes, you don't. Most of the time we own the, 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 the house. There is, there are no much be like here to pay. So there is not, not too much, um, like money to spend every single month. Not too much. Compared to here, when I came here, the first time I came here and my husband was putting the money into envelopes to pay for the bills, I was shocked. I was like, where did all of this money going? And he started to enumerate the, the, the rent, the, the, the bills, the car, the insurance. I was shocked. Yeah, that's the difference. So parents can stay home and still live the life they want, especially if they have a husband who provides. But here, especially with single mom, it's very tough because you become the provider and at the same time you want to raise your children and stay with your children. It's not easy here. It's not. And I upload parents here. Seriously, they are. Yeah. They are wonderful parents. They do their best. Yeah. It's not easy here. Yeah. Well, and it just goes to show that us Americans, we do have huge and abundant like opportunity, but also because it's capitalistic, you know, there, there are, there's a lot of money coming and going and with inflation and all of that going on, it's hard to keep up. And I talk about this with my sister all the time because she's very much like, can we just go back to like villages and like all help each other? And, you know, we don't really need any money and live simply. And it sounds so dreamy, but then people in those countries are, are also wanting to come to America for the opportunities. So it's interesting to hear your opinion on both sides. Yes. Yes. And you learn so much from both. And you see the difference, what these people should do to, to grow, to have a better life, and what these people should do, what parents here should focus on or do less or do more and other, in my country also. So I am in between and I can see the difference in everything we're doing here and everything we're doing there. And that's how you adjust, that's how I adjust my life to take here and to take there and to blend it and to be in America with my children. I have four children. And I'm a single mom since like 10 years. And I try to, wow. uh, you know, always grow and learn from both societies. So how do you raise your four children then here in America as a single mom? What are you doing now to raise your four children? Or how old are they? Yeah. What are you doing? Yes, that's how I got out of, yeah, that's how I got out of the corporate job. Because I wanted to stay with my children. 
I wanted to be with them more often. That's how I created my business so I can be with them all the time. Because it's very important, the safety of your children, the education, the environment is so important to be there and to see what your children are going through and to, to understand them, especially as an African woman in America. It's very challenging. So sometimes money was not a problem because my husband was providing. At that moment, I just stopped working. I was not working at all. I stayed home, especially when my son came from, Af uh, from Africa and didn't speak English. And I wanted him to go to college. I'm like, we have to do whatever it takes for you to go to college. And I stopped working immediately. But I could do that because my husband was providing. Probably if he was not there, probably I would not be able to do that. But I thank God sometimes you have, you know, some other help. So I stopped because I wanted my son to go to college. And thank God within two years, even though he was not speaking English, he was a French speaker. Within two years, he went to college. So, wow. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah, it's just a second. Yeah. I just stopped. I just stopped working. So I'm like, I don't need the money. I rather have my son being educated than working and not being able to help him. So that's a choice. Sometimes you have to make hard choices to help your children. So you stopped helping women and children back home and focused on your children here so that they could, they could be raised. Yeah. I never stopped working because when, once you start over there, you cannot stop. But at least I set a business over there that my sister was, you know, able to develop. And that's where we were getting money to still helping. And sometime to time, because we also get money. I was also getting money from my husband, even though he was providing work for the house, but I had also money for myself coming from my husband. So that money was always, almost half of it was going to my country to support that cause. Is that very common in your country for people to send money back home to your village? Yes, almost. I can say 99%, 99% of people coming from Senegal, being in America or in Europe or in Asia, 99% of them, they are the ones supporting their families and probably some other neighbors or something like that, 99%. The culture the in, in, in Senegal, yes, the culture is if you are working and the other one are not working, you have to support them. That's the culture in Senegal. You cannot let them and just live your life. Um, that's, someone was asking me about homelessness in Senegal. I, I told him that we don't have homeless in Senegal because in the culture, if your brother is not working, if your sister is not working, you have to take them in your house. That's the culture. You cannot let them be outside and you being in your home. Everybody that you see in Senegal being outside, they don't live in Senegal. They don't have families in Senegal. But a Senegalese people, they will always accommodate their families. And what, how do you decide who works and who doesn't work? It depends. Sometimes, no, we all, they all want to work, but sometimes they don't have the opportunity. Okay. Sometimes one of them is working or two of them is working. Like when I was, when I was um, opening this business, I was the only one working in my family, a family of nine. I was the only person working, but I had to support all of them. Wow. Wow. Oh, so how did that change? Did any of that change when you had your four children here and you decided to, I mean, you still had money coming to you to be able to support there. Was, was it the same amount that you were able to support back home or did you have to adjust and reprioritize? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You prioritize. 
what I did also was I helped my brothers to come here so they can support the family instead of just me supporting since I had my children. So, and that's how they came here and they start helping also. So it was a big help for me. Oh man. Wow. Okay. So here's another question for you. In America, because you've seen both sides and you say raising children is nearly the highest priority we can have. How are, how are you thinking the best way or how are you helping women change or prioritize the way that they're raising their children in this busy world? Yeah. So uh, here is different. In Senegal also, it's very, very different. When you understand the system, the capital, capitalism system in America, well, we cannot sit down home because if you sit home, you may lose your house or you may not have a car or insurance or pay for your bill because it's not a, a, like a social society. Sometimes you are by yourself. You don't have help. So you have to go to work. So it's different to a country where we work together, brothers, sisters, everybody's bringing something. Some people never had a job in Senegal and they're still doing good. They're still living life. They're still eating, having a, a shelter. And they never worked in their life. That's the kind of society that is Senegal. It's different than what we have in America, which is individualized. People have to work to pay for their bill. That's the difference. So over there, the mind mentality is not about job, 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 job. It's different. Hey friends, I'm just chiming in here to invite you to join in on my friends club. It's like a newsletter, but way more fun. By joining, you'll get exclusive access to bonus episodes, freebies, tools, tips, and resources to empower you to scale in your business and your home life. As a bonus, you'll get the option to opt in to get monthly video updates on what I'm working on behind the scenes in my business and my home front. This is your chance to take advantage of all the valuable content from myself and guests on the show, as well as getting to know each other on a lot more personal level. It's super easy. Just click the link in the show notes or go to toriemcqueen.com slash friends club to join. That's toriemcqueen.com slash friends club. See you inside. Okay. So now that you are in America and you've raised four children, mm -hmm. okay, how... Mm -hmm. Are you prioritizing raising your children here in America in this busy world? Yes. What I did, like I said, is I prioritize. My priority is my children. That's why I stopped working and create my business online. So I am always in my house most of the time. So my children are athletes. They're basketball players, have to go to games, all this kind of stuff, have to help them. So with the mentality I grew up, that, you know, I have to be with my children. I had to find ways to stay home. I have to find ways to stay home. And I am not in this, like, I just want the needs. I just want my needs to be met. That means having a shelter, having food, being able to pay my bills for now until my children grow up. That's how I was thinking about the situation. So besides that, I don't have a lot going on because if I raise them right and they become successful, I'm fine. That's that's the goal. That's my goal as a parent is to raise successful children because they, so they can, care you know, you or yeah. So if they are fine, I am fine because my goal is not even to stay in America, but go back home and help people from what you learn from American. Like I said, this is a great country. We learn so much from you guys. We learn so much from American people. 
And what's in this country has no equal. You cannot find it in any other country. People are great. People are helpful. Yeah. And we are so blessed to be here because I learned so much that right now I am, I am changing the life of a whole village of almost like 70,000 people with what I learned from Americans. So that's wow. wonderful. And also doing podcasts will allow me also to share my story from my country. So American mom or American people also can learn something from outside America. So yes. don't take America for granted. This is a great country. And I always tell people, travel, go, go travel outside. And you see, when you come back, you will appreciate this country more. Exactly. I think that's a great message, especially in this world where everything seems to be, everybody's screaming from the rooftops and fighting over politics and everyone going back and forth. And it's like, we have such a beautiful country that I think so many people are taking advantage and they're not mm -hmm. understanding the opportunities that we have here. And it's almost overwhelming for people how fast paced and how much we have it, you know, at our fingertips that it almost creates this anxiety and stress and pressure on to feel like to be on this hamster wheel and to continue to keep going. So I think people have a struggle with balance and, mm -hmm. okay, how do I, and also because I yeah. think we are so cultured here in this country that it's also, okay, we're losing a, a sense of culture ourselves in like how, you know, like you guys are very family oriented and it goes back, traditions go back, right? And I think now we are so progressive and like things have gotten so far that I think people have lost some of those traditions and they forget like, and they're creating their own values and their own way of life that they don't have those to fall back on. So I think it does make it a little bit hard for Americans to take it, not take it for granted. Right. For the simple yes. thing. Yeah. 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 That is, that is true. And, and sometimes what I said is you don't need to create anything. You have a foundation, your, your tradition, your culture, that's your foundation. You don't leave that. You use that to, to move forward. You use that in your house because it's, it's strong. Our foundation, we have strong foundations, but if you want to go and recreate our life, sometimes we're going to be stuck in the long run. We have everything we need. And what I tell like American here, I said, you have your government here helping you. If you are a mom and you're not working, you can have help, right? In my country, we don't have that. You are on your own, right? right? So yeah. you, in, here you can wake up and go and apply for a job. You have 90% chance you're going to have a job if you are really, you know, focused on what you want. In my country, people, they have PhDs, they have masters, they love school. PhDs on, you know, you see PhDs kids all over the place. They don't have a job, right? We yeah. have opportunities here, but people take it for granted. I, I heard so many people talking bad about America. All this country, this, all this country, that. Go to other countries and you see the kind of life people are living. Sometimes it can be hell. So be appreciative of this country. Take the good thing, grab the opportunities and grow and share and help other people. You have everything yeah. here. And believe me, I am a living proof to that. Yes. And I appreciate that so much. And I, I mean, I could keep you here so long just chatting with you about this. Um, but he, what would you say the biggest message you have to share with 
women and children across the world to make it, how do they make it easier on themselves with that mindset change? How can they make it easier on themselves to grow a business and raise a family? What would, what would your piece of advice be? The piece of, of, the piece of advice that I have is to appreciate and to take care of yourself first. Appreciate yourself. Take care of yourself. Appreciate what you have. If you have children, appreciate your children. Life is tough and you need a team. And your children are your first team. Your board supposed to be your children. I see so many parents leaving their children and go outside to ask for advice. You have children, always communicate with your children. Always be there for them. Always listen to them. They are smart. And take care of your children, take care of your house. That's, your, that's the, the ins. That's part of your ins. You take care of your ins before you go outside. And sometimes when you take care of your ins, you, you, you see ways of getting out of the challenge. I became a single mom here with four children. One, my oldest son is 37 now. At that moment, he was like 26, 27, and he didn't have a job. The other three, two were going to high school and middle school, right? That's a challenge. And I was a single mom and didn't have a job at that time. That was very challenging. But I sit down with my children. I talk. Communication. Communicate. Everything I do, I communicate with my children. This is why I'm doing this. I never had mom guilt. Never. Whatever happened, I tell my children, I am a human being and I make mistakes. This is what happened. It's going to be challenging, but, you know, let's work together. That's your team first. When we do that, then we step outside and do whatever it takes to bring peace and love and joy into our house. If you don't have peace and love and joy in your house, it's going to be challenging to be outside and to have a good life. Yes, yes. And that, honestly, Benetta, hits me so close to home because that is the whole reason why I have this podcast, right? Is because... So many people are looking for opportunities to grow and scale and yes. reach for the reach for the stars and you know fulfill their dreams, but mm-hmm. they're following all these other people on social media that they think have these lives that they want, mm-hmm. but they're forgetting that, hey, you don't know what their home looks like, and if you don't know what their home looks like, to me, that's what's most important, and that's what should be most important is what's happening inside closed doors and unfortunately you don't get it's so private you don't get to see what's happening at home you know and so I think a lot of focus goes on yes what's happening outside of the home that people forget that hey you you can't be comparing yourself to all these things that are happening outside of the home you need to be comparing with what's happening inside the home but because you cannot compare, because you can't see, then you need to be building your own happiness and peace inside the home in order to have true happiness and success. And that's that's truly a message that Thanks, I hope Bethany. everybody can take. You, ca- you cannot compare because what I want in my household is different than mm-hmm. what you want in your household. And it's different what someone else wants in their household. Thank you. And, you know... Right. Yes, yep. and and, and that you know is what? Sometimes, so Tori, so good. You know, sometimes what you see outside is not the truth; it's it's fake. No, yeah, mm-hmm. the truth is what's inside. Build what's inside. You become strong. You have a foundation. So, what's outside will not be a challenge because you are so strong. 
so connected with the right people that when you go outside, you're going to be fine. But if we are uh, not fine inside, we are not going to be fine outside. And that's the struggle for a lot of people. So my yeah. talk, I do podcasts and I talk, that's my talk. Uh, be strong first. Have your foundation, the roots, make sure they are strong. So what are things that people can do right now to make sure that they are building, being strong on the inside with them and their families right now? First of all, is opening your heart to your family. That's your family. Open your heart. Some people, I see so many people having problems with their brothers, sisters, mom, dad. And outside you want to have a nice piece of peaceful relationship with a stranger, with a friend or someone. That's odd. This is your family. This is your mom. This is your dad. This is your sister. This is your brother. This is your core relationship that's supposed to be strong first. Open your heart and accept. Sometimes we have to recreate ourselves. A lot of things you don't like it from your family, but that's your family. I always tell my children, family first. Accept your, the way you accept your best friend or your friend or your coworker. If you accept your brother or your sister that way, there won't be problems. But that's sometimes what you don't see in families. Open up your heart. Build a strong family relationship. Communicate with your family. Make sure your house is comfortable with your family. I do whatever it takes to be comfortable in my house because that's, there, there is nothing like a home. Make it a home. Clean it. Make sure it's clean. Make sure it smells good. Make sure it has food that your family like. Like if you have children. I, I, I said in my house moments where we eat together, we play game, we, we, we relate to each other, we communicate. I have at least one hour or two hours a day with my children to have fun. No matter where I am outside, that moment is precious for me. And my children know that and they appreciate that. And we're always together in the house after we work hard. So try to create that in your house. Try to accept, to tolerate, be tolerant. Yes. Ah. That's your roots. That's right there what will make you a very good person. Start in, within first. Yes. Oh, my gosh. And in a busy world and, and trying to show up on the outside world is such a priority for some people that they forget to show up yeah. at home. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes they don't even show up. Sometimes, sometimes you show up and you are on your computer. Sometimes you show up, you are on your phone. It's like the people inside are not important. Those people are the most important people in your life because that's your, that's, that's what you got. That's the people you, you sleep in the same house. You know, you see, see each other. Even if you don't live together, because sometimes you can have your family in California and you live in New York, but the phone calls are here. Like the support should be there. Talking, make sure you have a good relationship. Make sure if you have time, you don't go anywhere but into your family and make sure they are doing okay also. Ask them, be involved in their life. Life is too short. If you leave your family and you try to do business with other people, one day you're going to regret it. And I've seen it. I've seen, I used to work at the hospital and I had a, a lady. And every single Sunday, people come and uh, they will come and visit, you know, they will come and visit people. But that woman never had anybody to visit her on Sunday. Sunday was her most miserable day. And one day I just approached and I asked, he said, when it was time to build my family, to be a part of my family, I was working. I was looking for money. So now I lost everything because no one is here for me. 
And uh, I was sad. So something is what people do. Uh, so, oh my gosh, no. And that's, you know, I, I have five children. I just have my fifth baby. And I work from the home and I do real estate in this podcast, obviously. But it's, it's something where sometimes you feel like you have to let things go or opportunities go because you're like, no, it's not a race to get to here with money and this and that. I yes. am raising five children. That is my priority. Whatever I can get done in the most efficient way possible while doing that is what I will do. But it is hard to watch other people go yeah. and race and, you know, climb mountains and you feel like, oh man, like I'm climbing a little slower or I'm climbing it this way and pulling yeah. up five kids yeah. as I go and, and to forget that, well, that, that's my, that's my priority, right? Like that's what I want and that's what I do. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I know other parents relate to like having to decide, okay, do yeah. I choose a career or not? But early on in my career, I used to ask older women, wiser women, what they wish they would have changed. And they said, I wish I didn't work as much. I wish I didn't work as hard. I wish I had more yeah. babies. I wish I stayed yeah. with my babies. Uh, work could come later. Like yeah. all of that, which kind of goes into, you know, every time I feel like I'm getting ahead of myself and reaching for the outside, I go back to that message. I go back to that and it does help. And I think yeah. we do live in a world where yeah. you can work and provide at home and also be with mm -hmm. them. I think struggle comes yeah. with the boundaries, right? The boundaries mm -hmm. and how, how you completely yeah. shut off because you're working from home. How do you completely shut off and give that two hours a day mm -hmm. with them undivided? I yeah. know that that is a challenge. It is. It is a challenge. Like you said, the priorities, because when you prioritize, you know exactly what to do. So the head of my list, what's on top of my list is how to be happy in my house. That's my list. That's, that's number one. 50% of what I want during the day is to have peace in my house, to connect with my children, to laugh, to eat with them. Another person can be, how can I make money? Another person can be, how can I have my good time? It's all, it all comes to our priorities. But at the end of the day, these children, if you have children, if you are a parent, and you bring these children into the world, show them how to become better citizens. Be there. And everything you didn't have, make sure you share it with them. A lot of people don't share with their children their struggle. That's a very big mistake. Yeah. I share yeah. my struggle with my children. Share it to them. Sometimes my bills, I let them pay for the bills. Before they start working, I give them the bills and the money. And I said, we need to pay for this. We need to pay for this. I, I walk them step by step what I'm paying, what I'm going through. And wow. by the time you know it, they are just about it. And they're like, oh, we have to pay bills. We have to pay for the rent. You are raising your children to be responsible. And you show them that. You see, sometimes I tell my children, do you see what I'm going through? And they said, well, what are you going through? I'm like, I wish I can make more money. So we don't have to struggle with the bills. What I want you guys to do is make sure you have a good career, make sure you make money because it's a part of life. You cannot have children in this country and want to have a beautiful house and a car without having money. So while I am providing here, paying for the rent, make sure you study and you become somebody. So your children won't go through what you went through. 
So I always use my story to talk to my children so they can be conscious about life and the struggle in life. Right. But you're also teaching them that family is important. Yes, you go find money, but without the sacrifice yeah. of forgetting about your family. And I think that's where yes. the balance is difficult for people. They're so they're mm -hmm. so money scared yeah. that they forget where yeah. their priorities lie. Yeah. So focused yeah. on, hey, I gotta have the money, but where do but my priorities true. lie? And sometimes your children become strangers because you don't know them. You don't know your children because you don't spend time with your children. Yeah. Oh, so good. Okay. Huh. Okay, so where can people find you now? What are you up to now? Where can people find you now if they want to connect? Yes, I have a website like my name, binetangom.com, and people can email me at binetangom.com. Uh, so my website, you can see I talk a lot about purpose, having a purpose in life, because that's what saved my life, having a purpose. I came to the United States of America. I could come here and say, this is a country of opportunity. I am going to make money. That was not my idea when I come to the United States. What came into my mind was I can be in this country and I can fulfill my purpose. I have a calling. I've been helping women and children since the age of eight, eight years old, running in my neighborhood, helping elderly people, feeding the children in my neighborhood. So, and I was dreaming about one day building centers for those women. That's the mentality I come in this country. So that purpose saved my life. So having a purpose is very important. What is your calling? What is your, your why in your life? It's very important to be clear about that. So in my website, that's the things that I talk about. I talk about parenting sometime in podcasts, like when people invite me. So I'm preparing for a course about parenting, just to share my message, just to share my experience as a single mom in America. So, but you can connect with me through my website or my email. Oh, okay. Good. And one more thing, and you touched on this, the purpose. Yeah. If what would you, what's the first step you would give a woman that's sitting at home listening to this that wants to find her purpose while raising her family without the sacrifice of raising her kids? What is your message to her? How should she first go about finding her purpose? Finding your purpose is just like listening to yourself. Sometimes I think the universe is talking to us, but we don't listen. We are so busy running. We don't listen. Yeah. <laughs> so in my website, I have a journal. So people can get that journal and I work them step 21 days challenge on finding your purpose, finding yourself. So it's about listening to yourself, being alone, listening, silence, one. All of us, we have a gift. God give us something. If you listen, you, it will be clear for you. Listen to yourself. Stay away from the noise, from distraction, right? When you have your vision, a lot of people have a vision. They want to do something in their life. Take your journal, take your paper, write. While you're writing, things will happen, believe me. I didn't know none of, you know, this, that, what I'm talking about right now. I never knew about this purpose and stuff, never. But I built myself knowing that the universe is so great to us. All of us, we have gift. Write down what you want, but write down your priorities. What is your priority? What do you want to see in your life? What do you want to see? In, I have my vision for my life, but I have my vision for my children. You have to help your children. What is your vision? You want your children to be what, whatever they want to become. 
help them become that by sitting down with them, writing down things, asking them questions. It, it, it comes to what I said before, the ins, what's in your house. That's how you're going to start. Don't go outside asking people, oh my God, I have this vision. I have this and that. You don't need to do that. You are enough. You have enough to start. You are full of yourself. Believe in yourself. Believe in your children. Believe in your house. Make it great. You can do it. And sit and take your journal and write. Get my journal because with that journal, it's going to work you step by step every single day for 21 days. What you can do to find your purpose. And you'll see a big difference in your life. A big difference. Oh, so good. Okay. And we will definitely set a link there in, in the show notes for anybody to reach out to you and also be able to get that journal too, because I think that that is a great place to start and there's no barriers to that. You yeah. saying like, okay, you're enough. Like you don't need to seek anything else outside. Sit down with yourself and it will step, walk you through step-by-step step, and that is the mm -hmm. place to start. God, I love that. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. It's such a pleasure and a breath of fresh air to chat with someone like you who has been through so much and is continuing to give back. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much, Anna. Thank you, Tori. It was a pleasure. It, I, I'm so happy. I'm so excited. I have goosebumps. The conversation was great. Thank you for what you do because spreading people's message also. You are an angel to us. Uh, I wrote a book, Becoming an Angel of Change. That's for people like you. You, are, you have your podcast. You are talking to people so they can share their experience, their messages with the world, and someone can pick something out of this conversation and become a better person on, or have a better life. That's what we call Angel of Change, and you are one of them. Thank you, and God bless you. I really appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh man, that conversation with Benetta is so good. And it totally reached into my soul, if you could, you know, um, as a mom of five in this busy world, wanting to make dreams happen, but also trying to focus on the home front and making it how I want it has always been a goal of mine. So listening to her and her story, and especially in a time now where things are a little busy and crazy and politics are going rampant and relationships are being torn apart. I think it's very important to listen to her story and understand like we live in America. We live in an amazing era as well, 2022, where opportunities are abundant, but that doesn't mean that you need to constantly go, 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 go. You can still put your family first and you can still relax in the home front and build it how you want it but it's hard and it takes sacrifice and I just I just love her story and everything that she has to say about it hopefully you guys did too and hopefully you guys can take some of those little pieces and use them for yourself and for your own growth whether it's in business or just for at home raising kids or to set your priorities straight I mean definitely consider what she had to say and I hope you guys found it valuable just as much as I did. Thanks again guys for joining me on this second season of the Homefront Podcast where happiness is our true profit. If you've enjoyed today's chat please take a minute to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. 
That'll help a sister out a lot. This helps us also learn and grow and reach more listeners like you. Join me again next week as we drop new stories, experiences, and game-changing tips for your business and home front. As always, here empowering you in business and in life. Until next time.